0: Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor.
1: Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of Charlie's Toolbox. Typically, we go into the sections of a little bit about me about the world and the song of the week but this is an episode that is uh front-facing so you can also watch it on youtube and we're going to bypass those steps and just get directly into the meat um if you are more of a visual learner i would suggest that you go to charlie's toolbox on youtube and watch from there so on that note let's get started i am excited
0: Um, I want to talk about Charlie's toolbox a little bit, and I also want to talk about self-worth. I want to talk about how we, how I built my self-worth, and I hope that you guys can use these tools and adopt them and put them in your toolbox so that if you have self-worth issues, this may help. If you are struggling, it may help. If it doesn't help, you can give it to other people who it may help. And that's what I'm hoping. All right. Um, But before I do that, I do want to talk about Charlie's Toolbox. I've been thinking about who, what is this? What is this platform? Who am I? What is the identity of Charlie's Toolbox? And I think I found it. I think I have a good understanding. Which my looks very good today. A good understanding of what I am. All right. Charlie's Toolbox is. Okay. Remember when you were a little girl and you had a friend who had an older sister? And she would like get dressed and go out places and you would just watch her. She would have like really good music. She smelled good. She was so pretty. She probably had a cute boyfriend. Her boyfriend probably had had money. Uh, she was like very wise and just would be like, girls, I'm going to give you a couple of tips. You know, do this. Don't do that. Don't fall for this. This is stupid. Men are stupid. Don't get caught up in it. Like, you know, that girl, I think that's where I want to be. I want to be that as a platform. The girl, the older, the, the friend, the older, what is it? i'm sorry (laughs) y'all it's late um i want to be your friend's older sister who was so cool and so beautiful so wise and just always had her stuff together that's what i want to be as a platform um and she always gave you game i want to be the girl who give you game all right that's where i want to be that's where i want to sit okay um Give me your perspective on that. Give me your point of view. I am always open to you guys' point of view because you're, you're, you're smart. You all are brilliant. You all are opinionated <laughs> for sure. And I think that that would be, I think you guys can give me some good feedback on, on what that what that looks like. Okay. Um, I do want to say another disclaimer. I have ADHD, so it is very hard for me to just flow. You know, you know how people can just talk to a camera and just be, they flow. They're just like A, B, C, blah, 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 blah. And it makes sense. I'm not that girl. I can talk, um, but it will be a whole bunch of ideas and they're not going to be organized. So to make sense of my ideas, I write them down. And because I write them down, you guys are going to see me look down a lot. Please forgive me. I hope it's not too distracting. But it's something that I need to do to make sure that my ideas make sense to you and to me. Another thing, you may hear my dog in the background. He is an attention whore. He always is scared about everything. But when it comes to the camera or me doing work or me being on the phone or being on camera, oh, he's going to show himself. So you might hear him in the background. You may see him nudge me or be behind me. I'm sorry, that's distracting. My bad for that too. Um, Speaking of, he's right behind me. Um, So let's get into the main topic. When we examine our self-worth, we are examining from the following, an internal sense of being good enough and worthy of love and belonging from others. According to... The University of North Carolina Counseling Center, self worth is often confused with self esteem, which relies on external factors such as successes and achievements to define worth and can be inconsistent, leading to someone struggling with feeling worthy. So, basically, what this is saying is that self worth is an internal, grounded feeling that tells us we are loved, we are worthy, and we belong. We want that, this part, we don't want that to waver. Whereas self-esteem is often dependent on external things. So like if you get a promotion, you're going to have a boost in self-esteem, right? You're going to feel better. You're going to kind of feel yourself a little bit. If you graduate from college, you graduate from high school, you're going to feel a boost of self-esteem, right? Um, if you feel a low, if you fail something, if you don't get into the schools that you want to get into, that's going to have a, a impact on your self-esteem. So your self-esteem is going to waver at times depending on what's going on in your life. What we don't want is your self-worth to waver, and that's what we're trying to strengthen in this video all right the foundation let's go into this foundation to gain an internal sense of worthiness and to feel good enough feel like you belong it always starts with the parents or the caretakers that's something that we we just know we just know that that's just something that your parents have to be adept They have to validate your emotions. They got to recognize how special their kids are. They need to delight in their kids. And when your parents do not do those vital things, especially during childhood, children become adults who feel worthless. They don't feel good enough. They don't feel like they deserve. And that lens for which they see themselves, it translates into their lives. They don't ask for what they want. They don't believe they deserve it. And it shows up in adulthood, right? That's something that we know. Um, What I didn't know, I was reading the research behind this, is that um, from babyhood to about five, the work that your parents do in like validating you or delighting in you or like, you know, if you bring them a toy and they'd be like, oh, yay, this is a toy. That is really impactful. It's so impactful that um, by the time the kid turns five, researchers can actually identify whether or not the self-worth is on the low side of the spectrum or on the higher side of the spectrum. So these things matter. Um, Many parents do not understand or believe or have no knowledge that pouring into your child during those times matter. They really do. All right. there are many paths that people choose to strengthen their self worth. And I'm just gonna outline what works for me. Hopefully this helps. If it doesn't, I understand. I have no hard feelings for me. If it does, take take this tool. Take this tool and keep this tool with you, okay? Um I always say when you are doing anything mental health related, anything that is dealing with your self-esteem self-worth and things like that first thing you gotta do is go to therapy i know this you guys know this go to therapy that's my first step go to therapy but sometimes and i know this people don't have the time they don't got the resources they ain't got the insurance and sometimes people just don't have the want or the will to do it like and i understand that sometimes you just be like i don't even want to talk to nobody i don't i don't feel like doing all this work i'd rather just Talk to myself, get it over with, of and if I can't fix it, I'll fix it. But if I can't, you know, I'll go to therapy. I get it. If you can't go to therapy, use these tips. Um, when you're developing your self worth, the first thing you have to do is meet and know, meet and know your authentic self. I think that is very important. You really need to know your authentic self, and this is important because how can you take care of your real you? How can you make this person feel safe and worthy when you don't know her? Like, what are you protecting? What are you making feeling safe? What are you pouring into if you don't really know your authentic self? When you're constantly performing for others, you know, you're trying to be a people pleaser, you're masking. It's really, really hard to strengthen your self-worth, your self-identity when you continue to mask. So, you got to introduce yourself to yourself, you got to meet the real you, and you got to do so in a safe and loving environment. And, you know, I know the question is going to be well, how do I know my true self? What's my authentic self? I don't know my authentic self, blah, blah, blah. I, I get it. I have questions that you can ask yourself so that you can start to get a better understanding of who your authentic self is. What does this person look like? What it, where does this person thrive and with whom? So, to know your unmasked and unguarded self, you can ask yourself the following questions and collect the data. Collect the data about yourself. You are a researcher, and the subject that you are are studying is you. You're going to have to get a PhD in you, all right? So, question one Where do you tend to recharge? When you're recharging, you are likely not performing. You're likely relaxing, you're pouring into yourself, you're resting. You don't have the mask on. So where, what space are you recharging in? You know, what does that look like? That may be a space where you can, you know, maybe replicate so that you can continue to unmask in different spaces. Right. If you're an extrovert. This question may not apply to you. It may not be applicable because a lot of extroverts, they recharge by being around people. And when you're around people, you may have a tendency to mask. So you can bypass this question if it doesn't relate to you. Number two, who are the people you can be vulnerable with? When you're vulnerable, you feel safe, right? You don't feel guarded, right? This question helps you learn what safety looks like in others. You know, it's, it's very hard for you to unmask when you don't feel safe. And maybe you should start out with people who make you feel comfortable. And the only way that you know how to choose those people is by reviewing the characteristics of the people you are already feeling comfortable with. the Who you're being vulnerable with. Number three, what spaces do you feel comfortable in? We're trying to replicate these things so that you can start unmasking and being your authentic self in more places. The more you are yourself in more places, the more you appreciate it and the stronger your self-worth would be. Question four, how are you when you're around your best friend? To me, that is probably one of the the spaces where you are unmasked the most because this is your chosen family. This is your chosen family, and this is probably the person who you expose your true, authentic self to the most, because they chose you, you chose them, and they probably know your your ins and outs, your history. You're not ashamed. They don't have any uh, restrictions on you. There's no power dynamics that you have to worry about. It's just you, being your best friend. That could be a place. Or characteristics that you can replicate so that you can find more spaces to be authentic um, number five when you are alone, how do you feel and act and behave? You know this is one thing no one knows our inner world but us no one knows that the only person who know you is you right and we often don't show that us until we by ourselves so instead of like only doing that that inner world by yourself you can start to find more people more places that we have already observed with these other questions where you can do that because the person inside this sensitive and beautiful and sensitive I mean in the best way is sensitive beautiful loving caring baby kid child they deserve the light they deserve the light they don't deserve to be hidden people deserve to witness this people deserve to bond with this you deserve to have people see it so use these questions Take this exercise to observe and understand who you are in your most natural and relaxed state. Um, the person who comes to the top is the one you want to start pouring into. That's the person who you want to protect with boundaries. and That's the one that you want to encourage to show up more. Once you observe yourself over time and get a good understanding of who you are in your relaxed state, the next step is boundaries, 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 boundaries. That's my favorite thing. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Boundaries are the remedy. They allow you to amass in a safe space. They help you choose people who will delight and pour into you. They also protect your inner you so you can continue to nurture and grow this person. So you. this is how you're going to create. Boundaries. You know all those questions that we asked you just a few seconds ago. That's going to help you create these boundaries. When you wrote down where you feel safe and love and with whom, you're going to use those observations to develop the boundaries. So if you feel safe in X Y Z space, you will create boundaries. That can make that space, right? If a person makes you feel like you can unmask, you will choose people with those characteristics so that you can be, so you can art, so you are able to unmask more. The purpose of this is just to constantly make sure. That you are creating spaces and choosing people who encourage you to just be as you are. To be authentic. Because the more that you are yourself, the more that you are authentic, the more you will develop an appreciation and acceptance of yourself. Now I'll give an example. I feel safe around my best friend. I've been friends with her since I, well I met her when I was I think 13. I'm 33 now, um, but I've been friends with her for a long, long, long time, and I feel safe around her, and she gives me room to be, and one of the things that I recognize um, why we work really well is that we respect each other. We have a fundamental baseline respect for each other. Now, we may not always agree. We're not going to always agree. We're two different people two different backgrounds, two different perspectives, but she will always respect me and I will always respect her. Looking at her, my boundary, looking and observing her, understanding our relationship and our dynamic, my boundary for myself is to choose people who respect me. I'm going to choose people who respect me. My boundary for others is when I observe that Someone does not respect me. I will articulate it and give them the chance to remedy it. And if they disregard disregard my boundary, I will take myself out of the relationship. And I'm not going to blame myself. I will not blame myself. I will. I am only. I am simply creating spaces and places and meeting people who will allow me to enact. If they disregard my boundary, I have to disengage. If it's someone I'm forced to be around, like work or sometimes even family, because sometimes you don't want to be around them too, you're going to communicate your boundaries and disengage if it's not regarded. And you got to remember boundaries, you don't negotiate boundaries, it's one conversation you had that conversation, if your boundaries are disregarded, you take yourself out of that space or you take yourself away from that person because they cannot be in communion with you because they do not fundamentally respect you. That's how boundaries work. Boundaries keep you safe. Boundaries are creative. Boundaries are very creative because what you're doing is when you create a boundary, you're creating a space for you to be your true
1: and authentic self. When we don't have self-worth, we forget that we are co-creators in our life. Life does not just happen to us. We allow it. We engage, invite, or become silent to things. And that gives others the permission to run amok in our life. And this does not have to be. You can feel safe in any space. You can walk in, choose people who you know are going to have the characteristics that are going to allow you to unmask. And you can develop spaces that encourage you to be. You just have to be clear about your boundaries and you have to disengage if they are dishonored. You got to remember that safety is always yours. It is always yours to have. So now that you introduce yourself, you know, you found you, you understand your authentic self. You create boundaries so that your authentic self can thrive. And, you know, you're building that muscle. You're being your authentic self in more places. So you're building that muscle to develop appreciation and acceptance for who you are there are other steps that you can take to develop appreciation we already established the safe zones so that's just you finding places so that you can practice being you the more you practice the more you appreciate that's out the way the next thing you gotta do observe yourself without criticism a lot of self-worth issues and self-esteem issues is you criticizing yourself your internal dialogue Basically beating you the fuck up. I don't know if you can say that on YouTube, but maybe I'll blink that out. But it's your internal dialogue bringing you down, hurting your feelings, making you feel like shit. You can observe yourself without criticism. You don't have to include value. You don't have to make this a value judgment. You can just label it as what it is, Right? Instead of going to the mirror and looking at yourself and criticizing every part of your body, you can just look at your mirror and say, this is my body. Move on. Instead of when you're meeting a new person and you're like, oh, man, I hope they don't think I'm stupid or I'm afraid of what they think of me. You can enter the conversation and just be like, this is a conversation. Move on. All the other chatter. Is value and judgment that you are creating that does not have to be there. Do a better job at removing that. That is going to help tremendously on your self-worth. Because you can exist without placing judgment or value on it. The last thing that I think is going to be like very helpful for you. And just like... This is the one that really helps me develop appreciation for myself is me staying attuned to my body. My body is amazing because it's my compass. It's my compass. Whenever something is wrong with somebody around me or something is off or I don't I feel uncomfortable or I'm trying to figure out people around me my body always signals it it always signals it it signals that this person may not be safe for me that the passion or the romance is going going away um that we are not on the same page that I'm not um we're not complimentary my body is always saying something or that This is anxiety and perhaps it's something that I have to work on by myself before I go into, you know, um, another relationship. My body signals something even when I ignore it, it still signals it. And the reason why the reason why I have such a great appreciation for that is that um, even though I ignored it and even though that I may not have listened to it it still works in my favor. It my body loves me so much it still works for me. And I think that's kind of awesome that I didn't train my body to do this. I ignored it essentially in the past and even though I did that, it still shows up for me. It still warns me. It still signals something. And I think that's amazing. I think that's really really Amazing, And I think you should think that that's amazing. Your body has always, always talked to you. Even if you ignored it, it still said something. It still told you something about yourself. It loves you so much that it will do anything to protect you. And it has. It has done those things to protect you. So that's the last way Um You can develop appreciation for yourself and your body and and your worth. So I'll recap it again just to kind of give you a a short synopsis synopsis of how I built self-worth. The first thing I did, I introduced myself to myself. I can't love something I don't know. So I learned about who I am, like my authentic self, who I am without the mask. Next thing I did, I created spaces and I made sure that people understood my boundaries so that I could be this person everywhere I go. That made me appreciate myself and that made me comfortable with being myself. The next thing I did was that I observed myself without criticism. So I created a safe zone so that I can be myself wherever I go. I observed myself without criticism. And the final thing I did was I stayed attuned to my body. I listened to my body. I listened to what it had to say. Not only did I listen to my body, I developed gratitude for my body. Not because of how it looks or, you know, whatever. Not because of that. I developed gratitude because it warned me about people that weren't right for me it talked to me about things that I had to work on it helped me realize this may be an unsafe environment I need to get the fuck out of here and I appreciate the warning signs that it has always given me in those times I think it's a beautiful thing that I got that and I'm grateful for that So that's how those are just a couple of tips that I had on how I developed my self-worth. I'm going to do more content on that. But this is just a great kind of entryway into how I built myself up. And I hope that these tools work. And on that note, you all take care. For show notes, be
0: sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.